0: Be seated for this next song. Shall be. i Almighty, I'm casting down all my crowns, falling down before my King, and I'm casting down all my crowns. I bow down before my King, and I sing. Oh, oh, oh. I sing. Oh, oh. I sing oh, Holy, Lord God Almighty.
1: Father, this morning we do recognize your holiness. You are a wonderful God, wonderful creator, and we worship you. We glorify your Son, Jesus, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence here this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing a deep work in our spiritual life, getting us ready for the days ahead. So speak to our hearts today and confirm the Father's Word in Jesus.
2: few quick announcements. Tuesday night at 6 is Patriots United. Wednesday night at 7 is our midweek service. Uh, We will meet in here. If you are a part of the altar ministry team, you will meet in the fellowship hall. Then on the week between Palm Sunday and Easter, on Palm Sunday, we will have our regular service. But that Wednesday, we will not have a midweek service. Instead, we will have a service on Good Friday at seven o'clock, and we will partake in communion that night. Then on Sunday, Easter Sunday, we will meet here. It will be a Easter celebration service at 10 a.m. So, um, also today we have part three of the biblical citizenship class from 12 to 4. But not next week. Next Sunday there will be no class, but we will have the final session of classes in two weeks. So we'll keep reminding you of that. We're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. I ask that you do that in in an attitude and spirit of worship and honor God. And as we prepare for that, I just want to read you one portion of Scripture. And this is a prayer that Paul prayed, and and I know Mike prays for you on a regular basis, this prayer. But I want to read it to you. It's in Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, and the depth and the height, and to know the love of, God, of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to his power that works in us. To him be glory in the church, and Christ Jesus to all generations. Amen. The word of God is God's will, and he wants us to understand the love that he has for us and his ability to take care of us in every situation. So with that thought, with that attitude, um, you may go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Thank you.
1: God's people said, Amen. This morning, as I said, I'm going to be a little bit different. And uh, I'm going to share some things with you today as I've prayed about it this week and and, uh, sat at my desk and, and studied the Word of God. There's some things that I want to express to you and three things. I'll give you the three things. Then we're going to take some time and go through each one. And uh, I just will ask you to do this. As I share some things today, don't in your mind think it's for your mate or somebody else. You get me? Amen. First thing, in the hour in which we live, If you don't understand the spiritual seasons, you're going to suffer. Number two, every one of us needs a personal encounter with God. Number three, Jesus Christ must always have the preeminence in all things. Now, if you can understand these three things, you're going to make it you'll be successful. You'll be blessed. Amen? So let's talk about understanding the seasons of God. Look in your Bible to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It says this, To everything there is a what? A season, a time for every purpose, under heaven. A time to be born. A time to die. Time to plant. A time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill. Time to heal. A time to break down. A time to build up. A time to weep. And a time to laugh. A time to mourn. A time to dance. A time to cast away stones. A time to gather stones. A time to embrace. A time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain. A time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear, time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. There's another scripture in Psalms chapter 1. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the Counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. Then one more, Second Timothy chapter four, verse two, it says Paul told Timothy, he says, be ready in season and out of season. So, I'm, the first thing I want to talk to you about is seasons. What season have we been in in the natural? Winter. When's spring? It's the first day of spring. Is it coming? Oh, please let it come. I want to give you, I'm going to give you some spiritual truths about seasons. And I think you will agree with me. First one is God's plan for his people consists of natural and spiritual seasons which have beginnings and ends. So your success and my success in navigating through these seasons will depend upon your ability to understand this truth. As a believer, you must, and I must be able to discern and recognize what season you're in. Make the necessary heart changes. Stay flexible and teachable so you don't lose your sense of purpose. Become discouraged and give up. There are a lot of Christians who go through their life, they don't understand. They might understand natural seasons, But they don't understand there are spiritual seasons. You know, everyone likes spring, summer, fall, winter. Winter comes, the snowbirds go south. I always used to make fun of snowbirds, now I am one. I want to go where it's warmer. Yeah, I like the seasons, and I wouldn't want to ever leave Nebraska. But some people don't understand there are spiritual seasons you go through. Has the church in general been going through a season? What's it seem like? What kind of season it's been? Thank you, Brian. That was very emphatic. It has been a winter season. But I believe the prophets... I believe there's a new season coming. And we're going to experience some good things, some blessings. And our joy will be restored. Yep, I believe that. Amen? Your life as a Christian is not meant to be a perpetual winter season. What? Let me say it again. Your life as a Christian or a believer is not meant, the Father did not meant for you to get stuck in a winter season. Winter seasons are dark and gloomy. When it's after two or three or four days of cloudy weather, you know, she's not easy to be with. She likes her son. Amen? Amen? We all like it's out today, by the way, and it is going to warm up. But the Father did not mean, meant, he doesn't, didn't ordain for us a a winter season to last our whole life. So winter season is going to change. But listen to this: the length of your winter season will depend upon your own introspection and your ability to make hard adjustments. I said this. the length of your winter season will depend upon your own ability to search your heart and examine your own heart, not somebody else's, your own. Then recognize what heart adjustments need to make, tweak them, and move on. Many people give up before their harvest or breakthrough comes in because they're not sure what season they're in or they're unwilling to move into the next season. Farmers are aware of their seasons in the natural, and they prepare accordingly, don't they? There's preparation, there's plowing, there's planting, there's pruning, then comes produce. But there's some things they got to go through before the fruit comes. God's goal for you and I is fruit production, but He's more interested. Now, this is where it gets important. God's goal for you and I is, more, is fruit production. But He's more interested in establishing a strong, healthy root system, which is your character. He's more interested in your root system, your character, and the quality of your fruit over the quantity. That's why he'll allow you and I to struggle with life at times. Anybody struggle? Let me see the hands that struggle. Amen? He'll allow you to struggle with life at times to make sure the fruit of our godly character, meets up with his standard. And this is his standard right here. Look at 1 Peter. Look at 1 Peter. We're just talking about some things, and the first one is seasons. Getting through our winter season because lives depend on it. There's a lost society out there waiting for you. Can I say this? Waiting, and I've said it before, so I'll say it again. Waiting for you to get your poop in a group. Waiting for me to get my poop in a group. We're not going to help them. What did you say Wednesday night? I didn't get to hear the message. But you said something about how can we help a harvest... And reap a harvest if we don't work on ourselves. Didn't you imply that? Repentance comes before revival. Okay. In first Peter chapter one, verse six, he says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while. <laughs> Say little while. See, winter season can be a little while or a long while. I want a little while. If need be, you have been grieved or distressed by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love see the father says our faith is more precious than gold but what how do you get that gold how how, what's the process of gold it's refined is it not what's gold go through fire fire look at first thessalonians chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says this, but as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who, King James says, tries, tried our hearts or tries our hearts, New King James says, tests our hearts. I want to read to you what Rick Renner uses the word, and he defines the word in the Greek, tried or test, same thing. He says this word tried is from the Greek word, P-E-I-R-A-D-Z-O, which describes an intense examination that is done to prove the fitness of an object. For example... This word was used to describe the fiery process of testing and removing impurities from metal in the ancient world. These tests ensured that the metal would be strong and durable, that any object crafted from metal would hold up under pressure. In addition, this Greek word describes the process of testing coins to determine if they're authentic or counterfeit. In early New Testament times, counterfeits often looked so similar to the genuine article that only a test would reveal whether a coin was real or fake. See, that's what COVID did. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what COVID did. Therefore, people regularly tested their money to see if it had worth. This word in the Greek most often described the process of testing an object to reveal its true quality. And this is precisely how the word is used in Hebrews 11:17, where the verse says, Abraham was tried by the Lord. The fact is, the Lord already already knew, now listen, the fact is, the Lord already knew that Abraham's faith was sound and real. But when Abraham drew his knife to slay his son, Abraham himself learned something important about his own faith and level of consecration. He discovered that he was willing to do whatever the Lord asked him to do. There was nothing counterfeit or lacking about Abraham's obedience to God. His commitment was real and authentic. You see, God never tests you to learn new information about you. He doesn't need to test to find out something new because he already knows it all. He's omniscient. Rather, he's trying to show you and I something about ourselves to make us more self-assured and confident as we go forward to do his will. Every test you go through is being done for your own self-discovery. Lessons learned if you go through these tests correctly to give you confidence as you proceed to do the will of God for your life. One of the first prophecies spoke over me, he said, you're going to hew out your own well. What's that mean? Mike's laughing. Pastor Mike's laughing. you you got to dig and dig and dig and dig some more. Dig down deep. Some of us are digging right now. Some of us better be digging right now. I am, I'm positive and I I truly believe that Harvest Church, this is the season we're in right now. A season of repentance and refining. I think the church in general is. But I sure am. I don't know about you, but I am. Let me read a dream that Nate had. When was this? Oh, I don't know. March 4th. 4th. He came, I walked in one day, and he said, I had a dream. I said, was I in it? He said, yeah, you were. He says, in this dream, there was only Pastor and I, though he didn't know that I was there. I was only there to see what was taking place. It seemed that things were very bright, and I noticed thousands of large boxes stuck higher than Pastor could reach. There were also some that he could reach as well, and these boxes were extremely heavy. Pastor was trying to figure out how to move them. He started with the ones that he could reach. This was still a struggle for one person. Either way, I could see determination on him. This job needs done. As I was watching him work, in fact, why were you watching me? Why weren't you helping me? I don't I don't get this dream. He says, either way, I could see determination on him. The job needs done. As I was watching him work, I noticed nobody showed up to help. And how the bright the room was before was before was beginning to get dim. It dimmed until I could only notice a couple boxes still stacked around, not seeing a mass of them anymore. I then saw a table with a single chair by it. Pastor sat down. He looked exhausted and his head began to droop slightly. Then he would snap back to attention, knowing there was still work to be done. This happened 3 times then with his arms and hit and head hit the table and he fell asleep. Now in the Bible said fall asleep you die. I'm I'm not I don't think I was dying. Now listen, to, this is what Abe abe this is what nate wrote is what he thought the dream meant. i believe this is not specifically our pastor per se pastor is a representation of the leadership of the body of christ there's a lot to be done the boxes are indicators of that work the laborers are few let that not be said about harvest church If you're a churchgoer and not a kingdom doer, you're adding to the workload and not doing what God's called us to be, harvesters. This is not the time for the superstar Christian to make his appearance. It's time for every part of the body to start functioning. If we do not, you and I will be the ones responsible for letting this work that God has set us to do to die. It is revival season. The harvest is great. It's time to either get plugged in or bug out. If you want to know about bugging out, just talk to Micah. There is something interesting about the. Now listen, this is what I thought was good. There's something interesting about the pruning process that God told me to research. Dead branches or idle branches can provide entry points for pests and disease, which can spread to the rest of the tree, cause major damage. In addition, tree pruning can help to shape the tree and improve its appearance. Idle dead branches are a cancer to the rest of the tree. If not treated, it will spread. This is why God must prune. This is applied to our personal lives, to the body of individual churches, and to the body of Christ as a whole. We need everyone's gifts to be operating in this hour. Good dream for all of us. Amen? Number two, everyone needs a personal encounter with God. Every believer has the ability to get personal revelation from God for their own individual life. Every believer must recognize and discern the difference between Logos and Rhema. Okay, Rhema student, what's Logos? What's Rhema? Spoken word. When you get a Rhema from God, you get something directly from heaven that brings understanding and revelation. Right? Amen. Amen. I'll never forget years ago when I was at the old church and and uh, I was praying. God spoke to me a rhema word and it was this. Step out of the boat. Well, I wasn't in a boat. I was in the church. But he meant step out in faith. And so I did. And I put the church up building for for sale and it sold right away. And we met at, uh, where was it, Ramada Inn for almost a year. And it was kind of a wilderness experience, but that was a rhema word to me. And we're here today in this building, on this property, because I heard a rhema word. Rhema words are important. Amen? Here's an example of a rhema word with Jesus. You can look it up for yourself, Matthew 4.4. It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every rhema word. And he, every time the devil, when he was in the wilderness, and he went through all that, he, he replied to the devil a rhema word. It is written. He took that sword, Amen and jabbed him. And before long the devil scurried away until another opportune time. This is how Rick Renner defines it. We should be feeding on the constant stream of Rhema, living words coming toward him from the mouth of God and by consuming all of it, every little piece down to the smallest detail. So you and I need to make sure in fact we read the scripture, I found your word and did eat it, and it was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. You and I have to get a ram of word. If you're going through a struggle right now, get alone with God long enough and pray and seek his face long enough till you hear from heaven. Ephesians 6.17 says, And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema word of God. It's a specific, quickened word. I want to read to you from Brenda Kuhneman, and she says it this way. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. Mark 4.23 He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation 2.11 says, She says, We're living in a morally declined culture. Declining culture where godlessness is on the rise more than ever, it's important to have an ear that can hear the direction and move of the Spirit. Jesus said that deception would be rampant in the last days and it would require us to be on the alert so we ourselves do not become misguided. But more than just becoming misguided, we must also be a people who can hear the Spirit's plans and purposes so we can know our heavenly assignments. We must have ears to hear his instructions so we can reach this culture with the gospel. We're to be God's warriors of truth, and it requires us to know his plans and directives. Ask the Lord to give you a spiritual ear to hear, so you'll not be misguided by popular opinions and conceptions, but rather than that which the Spirit is saying, ask for a keen ear to hear. Every day, we've got to hear. Would you agree? Look at Job, the last chapter of Job. Job suffer a little bit. Uh-huh. Look at Job 42, chapter 42, last chapter. Job Finally, heard and saw. God basically, after Job went through all his friends, telling him and giving him advice, then God said, just basically, be quiet and listen to what I have to say. And here we have Job's repentance and restoration in chapter 42. It says, Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, Who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand. Have you ever opened your mouth when you really didn't understand? Things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you, and you shall answer me. Now look at verse 5. Job says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. I have heard you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. In the bottom of my Bible it says, Job responds in humility. He compares his formal, former knowledge of God has come from others. The hearing of the ear with his present knowledge, which is superior because it has come directly. But now my eyes see. He sees God differently because of personal revelation. How many of you got friends, friends ever try to give you advice? Some good, some bad. But it's, it's important that you develop a keen ear to hear and a spiritual eye to see what is God the Father speaking to you directly right now in your winter season. And if you hear from him that rhema word, it might not be what you want to hear, but it will be a word that will set you free and propel you into the future. Amen? number three Jesus Christ must have the preeminence look at Colossians chapter 1 Colossians chapter 1 I'll never forget Dr. Gant ministered a message on this years ago it was such a good message I must have been listening because the Spirit of God brought that back up into my my heart and my thinking. But in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 17, it says, And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in some things... No, in all things... He may have the preeminence. Very simply, preeminence means he must be first. He must be first. He must have first place. So that he himself might come to have first place in everything. Say, in everything. See, this is what you need to understand. God only blesses his order not your order he only blesses his order and his order is i'm number one i'm first if you want to be blessed then you have to follow his order seek first the kingdom of what and all these other things will be added on to you Maybe in some places in our life, Jesus hasn't been first. I can't answer that for you. You have to seek God on your own. But the, if you ask Him, he'll, he'll show you. Now, that's three, right? I was going to tell you four, but I figured if I told you four, you'd get all butt hurt and say it's going to be too long of a message. But I left... I left the last one that's very important. You and I, are you listening? You and I need to stay out of strife. Folks, it's in the air. Love is in the air. It's not love in the air. Remember that song? No, you don't. That's way back. Some of you weren't born yet. You remember that song? love is in here <laughs> right now it's strife how many of you noticed that let me raise raise your hand if you've noticed there's been strife in your family in the community see strife's my enemy Strife is not sudden, it's a process. Proverbs 17:14 says the beginning of strife is like releasing water, therefore stop contention before a quarrel starts. Listen, if there's a a beginning of strife, there must be a middle and an end. Triggering an argument is like turning on a faucet. It is better to leave it closed. Folks, strife Are you listening? Strife is rooted in pride. Strife is a result of a prideful heart, a proud heart. How do you know? Proverbs 13 says, verse 10 says, by pride comes nothing but strife. There you go. Here's another translation arrogant know it all, stir up discord, but wise men and women listen to each other's counsel. Proverbs fifteen eighteen says hot temper start fights, a calm, cool spirit keeps the peace. So what season are you in? I can't answer that. And I suppose some people can be in different seasons. But I think this church is in a winter season. What do you think, boss? I think so. Yes, we are. And some of you have been struggling. I have. Listen, you can't, if you don't have a leader or pastor that says he's missed it or is struggling, you don't have a very good leader. And I've realized... I haven't always been the best father, the best husband, or the best pastor. But I haven't quit, and I'm not going to quit because I didn't marry a quitter. Now, if I hadn't married her, I might have quit. She's not a quitter. And I believe some of you aren't quitters either. (laughs) Amen? Amen? So that means we've got to roll up our sleeves and we've got to do some introspection. We've got to, we, we can't, like Pastor Brad says you can't keep going around that mountain. You've got to deal with sin, deal with sin. You've got to deal with an attitude, deal with an attitude. If you've got to deal with disobedience, deal with it. you've got to deal with pride, strife, deal with it. See, the thing is, and Kathy talked about it, there's a difference between repentance and remorse remorse says, i'm sorry i've done a lot of that through the years repent says i'm going to change that's what repentance simply is it's making a change so if you're not changing you're not in repentance true repentance meditate on that oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry well then change Okay, I knew this was gonna be a feel good message. Wait till next week. You wanna hear what God spoke to me? I really do. I wonder what God spoke to him. He gave me a Rhema. And it's all good. Is it all fun? Let's stand up. We need to understand the seasons of our spiritual life. Number two, we need per, our own personal encounter with God. We need a of word from God to understand why we're going through what we're going through. Number three, Christ in the days ahead must be first in your life. If he's not, repent and just keep working on that. And then, folks, stay out of strife. That's simple, and help me carry a few boxes, and you are you are amen. well I don't let's just pray. <laughs> how do you pray after that? <laughs> Father in the name of Jesus, I spoke from my heart today. now Holy Spirit, you need to take the word that I spoke and enlighten the eyes of their understanding. May all of our hearts be softened in the days ahead and good ground for the seed of God's word because all of us want to bear fruit for you, Lord. So we're willing, Lord God, to do some introspection, self-examination. We're willing, Lord, to judge ourselves. And so, Father, we want revival. But, Lord, repentance, true repentance, has to happen first. There must be a change of heart. So help us, Holy Spirit, make the the changes that need to be made so we can bear fruit for you. We pray this humbly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anyone here today need prayer for healing? No, I'm just... There's healing on the inside and there's healing in the natural. Did did you get what I said today? So I know you you were very good and very quiet and seemed very very in, intent on the message. But do you get it? Anybody got it? Give me some. What do you think, Micah? It's spot on for what we're dealing with. Now that's my son, so you expect him to know. Anybody else? Don't get stuck in winter. Amen. He res- he's a God that restores our joy. Do you know the word joy comes from the word, the same word for grace? Cheris? And if we're not have experiencing joy, maybe we're trying in the flesh. Maybe we're trying to make it happen. And we need the grace. Amen. Anything else? Wednesday night? Yes. Oh, look at your eyes. What's wrong? Just a cold? Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind up any viruses, infections, in the name of Jesus. Lord, you said we could lay hands on the sick and they'd recover. So, Lord, I expect full, quick, supernatural recovery in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. Uh Yeah. Anything else? Anything else I need to do? What are we, what are we going over there now? Okay, what wher- what's going on? I mean, give me. Okay. All over the state. That's Father, I pray a blessing upon him. In the name of Jesus, I loose the angels of God to encamp around him to deliver him from evil that no weapon formed against him shall prosper. I thank you, Lord God, his speech as he stands before the people, his speech is with grace, seasoned with salt. So he knows how to answer every man in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for opening doors for him. Thank you, Lord, for your divine favor to surround him as with a shield with all that he comes in contact with in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And well, if you're staying for the meeting, you're you're welcome.